Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service this morning. This is a communion Sunday, which I'm very excited about, and um, happy to see those of you who made it out in this super cold week. And we're going to start by singing Grace That Is Greater Than Our Sin. So let's stand and sing together. What a great, great message in that song. This next one is a new one, but it runs the same line as most hymns, so it's not hard to learn, but it has some really great words um, that I think go well with the theme that Pastor Glenn sent us, and uh, we're going to sing it next. <clears throat> Thank you. 
Welcome, welcome everyone this morning on this Sunday, January 9th, hopefully the last of the cold days for a while. <laughs> uh, it's good to see you all here. We'll be celebrating communion service this morning. And so, yeah, it's just great to have everyone here and we think of those who are not able to be with us today. So, if I could get you to open your bulletins to the call to worship... And we will read that together. <clears throat> but as for me, by thine abundant loving kindness, I will enter thy house. At thy holy temple, I will bow in reverence for thee. <clears throat> Just want to bow with, with me this morning for prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can come and gather here together as a, as a church and a congregation and, and as, a, as a family, Lord. So we just thank you for today. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your abundance and your love for us. And uh, we just want to hand over this, uh, this service to you this morning and uh, pray that we will open our hearts and, and uh, that we will hear the message that has pre been prepared for us this morning and, uh, and just... Uh, and just to, uh, yeah, just to recognize the importance of, of this communion service this morning, Lord. So we just pray these things in your name. Amen. <clears throat> I believe Chris will be reading the scripture this morning. Scripture reading this morning is from John chapter 13. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, we're going to be reading John chapter 13, verses 3 through 10. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. Thank you, Chris and music team, for leading us in, in praise of our God this morning and opening our hearts to worship Him and uh, read that scripture. Um, and then again, let's, let's just start by, by asking God to be with us in our thoughts as we go through this. Lord God, we, we come before you. We want to just bow our heads before you to worship you. Um, we are all coming from different backgrounds, different circumstances, different stuff that happened in our lives yesterday and the day before and different things we're facing this coming week and, and yet Lord we all need to come and, and meet with you here and we just pray you'd help us to be able to put all that other stuff out of our heads for a bit and help us to see and understand what it is that you would have us see and understand here this morning as we focus on your sacrifice for us. Please help me, Lord, just to speak your word as, as it should be, as you would have it done, so we can all hear what it is that you're saying to us this morning. 
We ask this in your name. I have never used this story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet as a base for a communion service before. Uh, I've never heard of anyone else using it in this connection before either. It, it never crossed my mind to do that, the story of having anything to do with communion, until this past week when the connection was made in my mind. And so I, yeah, I texted Bonnie the theme, and that still is a theme. <laughs> but it took a little different turn than maybe I was expecting as I was preparing this. Um, as you read the events of the last few days of Jesus' life here on earth, before his crucifixion, and when you compare the accounts of all the Gospels, all four Gospels, you will see that this event of Jesus washing his disciples' feet happened likely, and we don't know for sure, but likely just after he had instituted what we call communion. It was at the Passover meal that Jesus was celebrating with his disciples, of course, uh, just before he was arrested. That Passover meal where Jesus took the bread and broke it and passed it to his disciples saying, this is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And then he passed the cup, saying, this is the blood of the new covenant, drink it in remembrance of me. And we're still doing that in obedience to Jesus Christ, in remembrance of him. But it seems to me just minutes, just minutes after Jesus gave those instructions in conjunction with his Passover meal, this foot washing thing happened. Luke in his gospel tells us that the disciples, it was right after Jesus said those words, do this in remembrance of me, Luke tells us right after that that the disciples started arguing about who was going to be the greatest among them. And it seems likely at this point that Jesus, it was at this point that Jesus got up poured some water in a basin, tied a towel around his waist, and started washing his disciples' feet, as we just heard the story read for us. There are many good insights and lessons for us from that event of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. But I'd like to make the connection between the foot washing and the communion service, which I had never noticed or thought of, like I said, till this past week. It was just read for us, and most of us know the story fairly well, so I won't go through it in great detail. Just some background, though. It was a time and a place where people mostly walked wherever they went. And Israel is a fairly warm climate. In fact, Amanda, my daughter, went to Israel, uh, well, it's a number of years ago now, but she was part of an archaeological dig that was part our... Uh, Miller College of the Bible participated in, and she took part in that archaeological dig there in Israel, and uh, one day she said it was 45 degrees there, and that was in, I think, up in the northern part of Israel, so around Jerusalem it's a little more desert-like. Warm climate. 
People almost universally wore sandals at that time when this story was taking place. Sandals for footwear. They all did, rich, poor alike. Upper class, middle class, low class, maybe the very poor just went barefoot. But they walked on dusty roads and dusty streets in warm climates wearing sandals, just barefoot in sandals. Well, you know what's going to happen. Hot weather, sweaty feet, dusty roads and streets. Your feet are going to get pretty dirty. Dust mingled with sweat producing grime on your feet and toes and in between your toes and ah, it's not a pretty thought. But I think we need to get the picture in our heads so we can understand better. Not only what is going on, but the spiritual application that is there for us. So with dirty feet, when you went inside a dwelling or a lodging or a house for a meal, the host would provide a servant there at the door with a basin and a towel. And this servant would wash your feet. And then dry them and then you could go in and enjoy the meal or the banquet or the social event, whatever it was. So that servant would wash your feet. It was kind of a disgusting job, but somebody had to do it. And so that was the servant's job, to wash the feet. Now, it doesn't say so here in this text, but it appears that when Jesus and his disciples made the arrangements for eating this Passover meal together there in that upper room, uh, there was no servant there to wash their feet. And so apparently they, they ate and Jesus broke the bread and passed the cup, instituting what we call the Lord's Supper, signifying to his disciples that something new was coming, a new covenant in his body and blood that Jesus was instituting. And so the disciples, thinking that Jesus is going to set himself up as king and Messiah and set up his everlasting kingdom, they get to arguing among themselves about which is going to have the highest position in Jesus' kingdom. Luke tells us that in Luke chapter 22. Right after Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, they started arguing about that. And their arguing, though, was interrupted. The way I see it, the way I read it, their arguing was interrupted by the sound of pouring water. And they looked around and they saw Jesus pouring water into a basin. And then tied a towel around his waist and started washing the disciples' feet and drying them with a towel. And you know the rest of the story. But I'd like us to think this through. Has anyone here ever had the experience of someone else washing your feet? <laughs> Becky? Because all the kids, <laughs> parents wash your feet when you're little, I guess. <laughs> yeah, at camp. And so I've only had that experience once. And that was when I was part of a drama. Uh, and that was part of the, one of the scenes where somebody had to wash my feet. But even though it was a drama, it made me feel very self-conscious to have someone else wash my feet. It was awkward. <laughs> now, for the disciples here, they would have been more comfortable with it because this was a common thing, to have somebody else wash your feet. What made this very uncommon 
was who was doing the washing. It wasn't a servant or a household slave. It was their master. It was Jesus. But let's think about this. Why does the thought of someone else washing your feet make you feel uncomfortable? Why is that? Keep that question in your head. Why does that thought of someone else washing your feet make you feel uncomfortable? So Jesus is moving from disciple to disciple, washing their feet, and he comes to Peter. And Peter likely voices what the other disciples are thinking. There in verses 6 through 9 of John chapter 13. Lord, what are you doing? You are going to wash my feet? And from what I understand in my research, the way that Greek is written there, the emphasis is on you and on my. You are going to wash my feet? Kind of the way it reads in the Greek. And Jesus replied to Peter, you don't understand what I'm doing now. Like, right now, Peter, you don't get it. But later on, Jesus said he would. Later on, he would understand. And then Peter says quite emphatically, never will you wash my feet. And again, the question, why did Peter respond the way he did? What made him uncomfortable with Jesus washing his feet? And I thought about that, and I thought, well, first of all, that it was Jesus, but secondly, that it's likely the same thing that makes us uncomfortable with that thought. We don't like someone else dealing with our dirt. That's what it is. Washing our feet, that, that's pretty personal. Uh, the dirt and the grime and the smell that accumulates on our feet is not very becoming. So having someone else deal with it is kind of embarrassing, kind of humiliating, maybe. It's awkward. It comes down to pride. Pride. We're proud people. We don't like other people dealing with our dirt. We'll deal with our own dirt, thank you very much. We're too proud to let others see how dirty we are. Certainly too proud to let others clean up our dirt. Which is kind of amusing because we're all pretty much equally dirty. And in this case, with Jesus and the disciples, it was even worse because it was Jesus doing the washing. That was a servant's job. Jesus was the master. If anything, it should have been the other way around. So to make this whole scenario even more uncomfortable for Peter and the rest of the disciples was the fact that it was Jesus doing the washing. And really, it, if anything, it should have been the other way around. And so Peter says, Lord, you will never wash my feet. And then Jesus said, if I don't wash you, wash you you have no part of me. Huh. And upon hearing that, Peter, in typical Peter fashion, says, Oh, that's the case. Wash my feet, wash my hands, wash my head, wash it all. Is it me stepping on this cord and making this noise? Yeah. <laughs> wash it all. And Peter replied, I think, kind of with a bit of a snicker, Peter, uh, Jesus says, I, 
Peter, I hope you already had a bath. <laughs> you just need your feet washed. But then Jesus gets serious and he says, you are, you, are, you are all clean, but you are clean, but not all of you. And of course he was talking there about Judas Iscariot. You see that as you read a bit further down the text. But let's focus on those words of Jesus. If I don't wash you, you have no part of me. You catch the spiritual application there? We are all dirty, messy, grimy, stinky sinners. All of us. Equally. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible tells us. We are all equally dirty and grimy. And as much as our own pride would say, I'll deal with my own dirt, thank you very much. When it comes to our sin, we are unable to. We can't wash ourselves clean. We just can't. The best thing that we can come up with to clean ourselves is filthy rags. The prophet Isaiah tells us. You can't clean anything with a filthy rag. We can't clean ourselves up. So Jesus tells Peter and he tells each one of us that unless he washes us, we can have no part of him. We can't be cleansed unless Jesus cleanses us. We can't be accepted into God's family unless Jesus washes us and cleanses us. We can't do it ourselves. Jesus is the only one who can. And we can perhaps read the thoughts of the disciples while this was being played out. But that's a gross, disgusting job. That's no job for the master. That's no job for the king. That's a job for a, ser for a servant. Now let that sink in. Philippians 2, verse 6, 7. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself and took on the form of a bondservant. See, that's the point. Jesus comes to serve us, to be our servant, and so he washes us. Friends, you think your feet get dirty and stinky sometimes. That's nothing compared to how dirty and grimy and smelling and disgusting with sin every one of our hearts is. You think it's a gross and disgusting job to wash somebody else's dirty, grimy, stinky feet and toes and in between their toes and... Rah. That's nothing compared to how gross and disgusting a job it is to wash and cleanse a dirty, grimy, disgustingly sinful heart. And to get into all the ugly creases and crevices of our lives that are packed with sin. And that is each one of us. And clean that out. And here we make the connection between the foot washing and the communion service. 
Do you want to know how gross and disgusting a job it is to wash clean and cleanse a sinful heart like yours and mine? You know how gross and disgusting that job is? Look at the cross. Look at the cross. Look at Jesus hanging on the cross, stripped naked in front of the people that he created and came to save his back lacerated with the scourging, blood running down into his eyes and down his face from the thorns on his skull. Blood and water pouring out of his side where the Roman soldier stuck him with his spear to ensure his death. That's what it took to wash and cleanse your heart and mine. There's no job more gross and disgusting than that. And the point is, Jesus is the only one who can do that job. We can't clean ourselves up. Only Jesus can. And he came to be our servant. And do for us what we cannot do ourselves. What only he can, and he did it. The communion service reminds us of all of that. The bread, symbolizing the body that Jesus gave to do the job of cleansing us. The cup symbolizing the blood of Jesus that he shed so we could be washed clean. Jesus is the only one who can do it because he is God come in the flesh. And he did it because he came and took on the form of a servant. Our servant to serve us. In doing for us what we couldn't do ourselves. But each of us individually must Make the choice to allow Jesus to wash us. Remember what Jesus told Peter? If I don't wash you, you will have no part of me. If you make the choice to refuse the washing that Jesus offers and turn and walk away from Jesus, there's nothing more Jesus can do for you. You will die in your sins, separated from God for all eternity. So, if you're here this morning, and you've never done that, if you've never made that choice to allow Jesus to wash and cleanse your sinful heart, and I encourage you to do that right now, in your own heart, just come to Jesus in your heart and say, I know I'm a sinner. I repent of my sin. I want to turn around. I want you to wash me and cleanse me. Come into my heart and cleanse me and be my Savior. If you've never done that, that's how you accept the washing Jesus is offering, just by that simple prayer. Prayed in sincerity. And let's all of us, we're all here equally sinful, equally dirty, but equally cleansed. If we've allowed Jesus to wash us, equally cleansed by the washing that only Jesus can give. Equally recipients of that great grace of God. So let's all come to the communion table. And remember the sacrifice of Jesus to wash us. That Jesus' foot washing was a picture of. That's the music team in
to have a musical package and then we'll go on with the
the Apostle Paul, when he gave instructions to the Corinthian church about this very thing, this communion service, he, uh, he gave these words. For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this as remembrance of me. Same way I, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is kind of like a sermon in a picture. You're like you're proclaiming the Lord's death, Paul says. Every time we do this, we're preaching, proclaiming, telling, in picture form, the death of Jesus Christ. And Paul goes on to talk about doing so in an unworthy manner. We'd be able to make sure we don't do that. Let's examine ourselves, first of all. Make sure that we understand what this is about and don't make light of it. If we grasp what this is the picture that we've taken, that washing that Jesus gives. So I think it'd be good if we just do that, just take a brief moment of silence and, and just bow our heads and everyone in their own heart examine themselves. Do I understand what's going on here? Do I understand the seriousness of this? Do I get it? Have I taken the washing that Jesus offered? I'll just give you a few moments just to examine yourself. Brother Chris Lowen, could you return thanks for the bread which symbolizes the body of Christ?
Jesus Christ to shed for you. when we were suggesting songs and it's in Christ alone and I I um I couldn't fit it into the rest of the service but we're going to do it as the end there's something particularly special about congregational singing we had some not awesome news about some friends of ours this week and um they just left me kind of a little bit rocked with the wondering where the hope is in stuff but this song wraps it up completely and um, so I thank you for joining me in singing this because it's I can sing it all by myself but it's just so much better when we all sing it together so let's stand and close the service with this song
God, I want to thank you that in your power we can stand. Seems like this world is getting a little crazier every day. But in your power we will stand. As we go from here, so I've already prayed, pray again. Help us to stand strong in you. You have washed us, you have cleansed us, all who have invited you into their hearts. Given us what we need to stand strong in you, no matter what goes on around around us. May we stand strong as we go from here. Dismiss us all now with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.